welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Drennan. If you're a floral designer on a mission to build a profitable and thriving business, then you're in exactly the right place. I'm on a mission to bust through the secrecy of our industry, make it easier for you to know exactly what to focus on to help you build your business and teach you my favorite mindset hacks so that you can learn to show up with more confidence and authority as you grow your business. I am so grateful to be able to share my journey with you, pass along my best shortcuts and get you on the path to feeling more confident and making money doing what you love. No matter where in the world you're tuning in from, remember, you've got this. Do you ever have those moments where you really wish you could like rewind the clock two minutes? (laughs) Because last week, I had one of those experiences where my mom's voice chimed into my head. Because when I was a kid, she always used to have this saying of the hurrier you go, the behinder you get, which grammatically makes zero sense whatsoever. However, it's one of those like when you're in a rush to get out the door that you inevitably like get yourself into a tangle and it takes you five to 10 times longer than if you slowed it all down, methodically put one foot in front of the other. So last week I sat down on my computer and I was like, oh, I just need two minutes to check this one thing, which I did. And then as I proceeded to get up from my computer, I somehow wrapped my podcast mic. It actually dropped on the floor and then the cord like wrapped around my foot. And then I proceeded to take a step forward and then the cord ripped, like tore. There's <laughs> like no going back. There's no repairing it. And I just had a moment where I was so frustrated and then had to laugh at myself because my mom's voice came into my head and it's like, yep, the hurrier you go, the behinder you get, and then you have to spend money to solve the problem. <laughs> like, huh, thanks. Thanks, mom. But thank you, universe, for that reminder, because I am definitely in a season of really trying to learn to slow down and not be in such a rush and in such a hurry. And I am taking that one experience and using it as my reminder to slow down and not have to just like scramble and hurry up and get to the thing because A, you'll miss half of the fun and the joy of the experience, but B, it will probably cost you more money than you needed to spend in the first place because you might have to pay 150 bucks to replace your podcast mic. But anyway, here we are through the miraculous, miraculous power of Amazon. Thanks, Jeff Bezos. And we're back together again. No crisis, no delay, no anything. I wanted to today record an episode. I was a couple days ago, and this was one of the things I was hurrying to do. (laughs) But as I was hurrying to do these things, a couple days ago, I was making a few updates to our website, and I wanted to change one of the photos. And this is a process that we all go through and we all go through the pain and anxiety and frustration of trying to find the right photos. And I promise you it is a lifelong journey that will never end. But 
I was digging into my photo archive and looking way back in the, the depths, the depths of my photography learning and experience. And I was looking back on my phone and in a folder of one of the very, very, very first instances where I was going to try to figure out how to photograph my work. And I remember five, six, it's probably seven years ago now, I was so desperate and so wishing that the time between doing the wedding and getting the flowers back from the photographer was like instant. I so wish that that happened faster, but I remember waiting weeks weeks to get photos back from the photographer or from our client. And that was even in the instances that we did get them back, because in most cases, we had to do the reach out and ask the photographer or ask our clients if we could have access to photos or access to their wedding album or whatever they all felt comfortable passing along to us so that a we could see the end results because very rarely do we get to see all the pieces together. But B, being able to use that content in our own marketing. And I remember when we did this amazing wedding, and this was one of those experiences where it really felt like I had truly connected with the client. And I got so excited because we were using a couple of succulents in her table arrangements and in her wedding bouquet. And I had introduced her to the idea of being able to take those succulents out of her bouquet and she could actually put them in the garden. A couple of years later, she actually messaged me and said that she had done that. And it was just such an amazing experience. However, this was one of those early, early weddings. It was an autumn wedding and it was very autumn foliage, rich burgundies and golds and like burnt orange palettes. And she was amazing. And it was a wedding that I was so excited to get the photos back from the photographer. And then when we did, I remember looking at them and honestly feeling a little bit underwhelmed. And part of the experience for me was when you're the person making the flowers and you're the person making the arrangements, obviously things look different to you and I than they do to the photographer or they do to the people at the wedding. And the time difference between doing the wedding and then the weeks slash months of waiting to get those photos back. And I was disappointed with the result. And I was disappointed because we had to wait so long to get the photos. And then it just didn't feel like the photographer had really captured like the essence of the flowers. And I still remember sitting at my computer and opening up that email and then looking at them and she looked beautiful and the whole experience was amazing. And there's still great photos to be able to like market your business with. But it really dawned on me at that moment in time that if I wanted to have better pictures of our work, I needed to find a different way to make it happen. Instead of relying on the photographer to be able to capture that work, I didn't want to have to wait that long, obviously, because I'm incredibly impatient, <laughs> but I didn't want to have to wait those weeks. And I didn't want to have to almost like put that invisible pressure on the photographer to get it right. And one of the things that really dawned on me when I started to look into the world of flower photography is that it's 
a totally separate skill set than it is in terms of capturing people or capturing landscapes or capturing food or capturing interiors or exteriors or wildlife. Like, just like every other creative industry, when it comes to photography, photographers specialize in different areas of photography. And it didn't dawn on me until I really started to think about what is it like to be the photographer? And what is it like to be the photographer on the day of the wedding? And it just dawned on me that, Kathleen, it might be an unrealistic expectation to assume that getting beautiful photos of the flowers is either important to the family, important to the bride and groom, important to the couple, or important to the photographer. If I actually think about the list, the shot list that the photographer has to go through in the run of a day, and how contingent it is on time, how contingent it is on the weather and lighting. And you know what? Maybe, Kathleen, maybe when it's three o'clock in the afternoon, and it's the middle of winter, and the sun is not necessarily cooperating, maybe the photos aren't always going to look awesome. And If you've ever tried to take pictures of table arrangements inside a wedding reception, you will know exactly what I mean. (laughs) Because in so many instances, the wedding reception isn't there to be a great photography backdrop. The lighting is crap. Oftentimes it's dark. There may not be any natural lighting. It might be that the backdrop is really busy. And it's just not conducive to getting great photos of the flowers. And I remember going through that experience and thinking, okay, there must be a better way. So after a multitude of trial and errors, and this was months, months of trial and errors, I finally figured out a couple of amazing shortcuts or amazing tips that have just continually served me and learning how to take better pictures of my work. And I thought, hey, it might be super helpful for you if you're at that point where you're feeling incredibly frustrated that you want better photos of your work, but you cannot figure out how to make that happen. And you keep trying to build time into your production schedule, or you are thinking about hiring a professional photographer, or you're wondering how the heck to make this happen. I was like, this is the podcast for you. So remember, you can come back and revisit these tips as often as you like. And the biggest thing to remember about photography, I mean, there's so many things I want to share with you, but the biggest thing to remember is give yourself grace. Just like it's taken you and it is taking you hours upon hours upon hours to learn how to get good at floral design, practice the same level of patience when it comes to learning how to photograph. This isn't something that's going to come naturally. This isn't something that anybody was born doing. If you look at your favorite photographers, think about how many hours they've spent practicing their craft. And I think it's Ryan Reynolds who I heard say, I think he wrote this in an article that I was reading about, if you want to be good at something, then you have to be okay with sucking at it. And I was like, yes, (laughs) like, let's all be okay with sucking at taking photos of our work. And thank heavens for the world of digital files, because now we can literally sit down, we can take 100 photos, you can decide that they all suck, and you can delete them all. 
And the practice that you can gain from that experience will serve you for so long in your business. So that is the first thing I want you to know is be patient with this experience. There are photographers who have spent decades trying to figure this stuff out. So this isn't something that's going to just miraculously come out in like your world and you're not going to be perfect at it the first time out. And that's okay. So let's go through these tips and go out there and practice because that's the best way to learn. Give yourself permission to let it feel awkward. Give yourself permission for it to suck. (laughs) You don't have to be naturally good at this. I truly believe that getting good at photography is just another skill to learn. It's not something that I was born knowing how to do. I just have so much persistence and I am so impatient that I just had to figure out how to make it happen. So here are the five photography tips that I wish I had known. Instead of waiting for the photographer to send their photos over, here are the things that I would have done differently on day one. And the first one is find a space either near your shop or in your studio or near your house, like somewhere that is not actually that far away. I mean, like 10 paces or 25 paces away if you have to leave your space. But find a space that has good, indirect, natural light. And in addition to that, good, indirect, natural light and a very clean and simple backdrop. One thing about photographing flowers is that they are very intricate. They are very busy subject matter. So the busier your background is when you're taking a photo, the less emphasis will be on the flowers. So if you really want your flowers to pop, if you really want your flowers to be the center of attention of the photo, eliminate as much as you can from the backdrop. So in many cases, when you're trying to take photos within a flower shop or photos within a wedding reception space, there's a lot going on. And because there's a lot going on, it's very distracting. So you're not going to actually see the flowers as much as you would if there was a very simple, plain background. Getting your lighting sorted is probably the most important. I probably actually put like simple, clean backdrop and getting your lighting sorted as the two things that are going to impact the output of your photo the most. So when it comes to photography, essentially all that photography is, is capturing light. It's kind of studying the math and the science of light. And when you can start to really pay attention to where the light source is coming from, natural light versus man-made light, human-made light, or light from a light bulb, you'll start to see just the difference in a photo. If you take a photo in direct sun versus photo in full shade, the output's going to be completely different, even if you are photographing exactly the same thing. So this is one of those things that is absolutely worth experimenting with. And you could even go, like if you're going out for a walk with the dog or you're going out for a walk on your own, just go out there and like literally pick one flower. Even if it's a dandelion from the side of the road or a beautiful autumn leaf or if there's something that's in season down the street from you, it could even be a sprig of rosemary or a sprig of lavender. Just go out there and forage like a single flower and then walk around and take pictures of it. Take pictures of it on like a concrete background, take a picture of it 
right up close to a really clean, simple part of your house. Take a picture of it in front of a street sign. Take a picture of it in front of the sky. Take a picture of it in direct light. Take a picture of it in full shadow or full shade. Just so that you can see the difference in terms of the final result. Again, this is one of those like you can go back and you can delete everything. But this experience of actually really starting to understand the process of photography and how much time and energy, if you can put a little bit of thought process in up front, then the end result will be so much better. So that means having that go-to place where you can take photos so that you're not like scrambling. So for me, I have literally set up two specific places within my studio, depending on where the light is coming in from and what it is that I'm photographing. But I have painted one of the walls a very neutral beige shade because I know that the emphasis needs to be on the flowers. So I literally want nothing else happening in the background. So if you've got room to do that, it is an amazing, amazing thing to do. And it's so much help in terms of making it easier for you to take photos of your work. If you need to, you can always grab a piece of plywood or a piece of MDF and just paint it a super neutral tone. If you're really into having a curated Instagram feed, you could totally also paint it one of your brand colors or a tint or a tone of one of your brand colors so that you'll always have that cohesive backdrop. But... I do love just a super neutral beige because then when you're taking the photo, it's so much more about the flowers. So neutral, backdrop, clean, simple background, super helpful, and then natural indirect light. That's the other thing that's going to make this whole experience so much better. Having a preset space, a location, a backdrop, somewhere that you know you've already kind of tested it out will be so helpful. And you could even go with a friend of yours or go with your sister or go with one of your freelancers and just go and like commit to each other. We're not going to take pictures of each other's faces, but I'm just trying to find the space near us that we could consider like our go-to little mini photo shoot location. That is such a helpful shortcut. The second thing that was super helpful was learning about the world of editing presets. So when I was talking to one of the photographers at a wedding, he was actually talking about how like he kind of breaks the whole wedding photography experience down into three main components. So there's all the pre-planning, the shot list, understanding the priorities of the clients and like what are the like absolute must-have images and then what are the nice to have so a huge amount of time and energy that goes into the pre-planning phase then there's the actual day of the event and the wedding itself but then there is the editing process and he said in that instance it's almost 50 percent of the end result is actually dictated by the planning and the editing so that it's not this idea of what happens on your phone or what happens on the camera is the end result. There's the whole world of editing the photo. So when I say editing the photo, it could be adjusting the colors. It could be adjusting the shadows or the highlights. It could be adjusting the saturation. It could be cropping in. It could be maybe even retouching some things out. But this idea of actually understanding that's like taking the photo is just one step in the process. It's not the end result. 
So if you want to, one of the things that's been really helpful for me is I bought a set of photography presets. So you can just jump on Google and type in photography presets. And I do believe that this is one of those things that you get what you pay for. So if you buy or if you download the free presets from a photographer or you buy the $9 version of a preset, I think it's totally worth paying like the $50, $60, $70 for the presets and actually making it an investment in your content and an investment in your marketing. So that what you can then do is once you have the presets on your app, you can then actually upload the photo that you have taken. Then the presets are a lot like the filters that Instagram would apply to your images. So it is just like with one click of a button, it will automatically adjust the highlights and you know the richness of some of the colors. And depending on the presets, it's going to have different sliders and different adjustments that it makes. But it's so helpful because it's literally like one click of a button and it just makes the photo pop. And it makes the photo pop in a way that fits with your vibe, a way that fits with your brand. So photo editing presets were a game changer for me in really learning how to photograph my work because it just took so much of the guesswork and it made the whole editing process so much faster. So obviously for those of us who are incredibly impatient... <laughs> It's totally worth the investment because it's one click and you'll be able to just make the photo look brighter. You can adjust the colors, saturation, you can make them black and white. Like it's really cool what photographers are doing with presets these days. So highly, highly recommend. The next thing, this one is super simple, is I no longer photograph with like a big DSLR camera, I actually just photograph with my iPhone. So whether you have an Android or you have an Apple phone, doesn't matter. But one thing to remember, clean your lens. <laughs> when we are florists and we shove our phone into our back pocket or it's in our bag or it's in the coffee cup holder or it's in our apron and then our hands are wet and then they're covered in coffee and then we've got eucalyptus oils all over it and all of the junk that's on our hands all of the time and then you touch your phone inevitably your camera lens is going to be smudgy I don't use anything fancy to clean my camera lens with I just use the inside bit of my apron or the inside bit of my shirt and I just make sure before I'm going to take photos of stuff that I take that three seconds and I just clean the camera lens and do it every single time out because it's so frustrating when you then start to look at your photos after the fact and you've, you know, embraced the awkwardness of, you know, posing and doing the whole thing. And then you realize that it, like there's this like haze over everything, which you can't actually remove after the fact. So that is also a super helpful habit to get into. The next thing is, and I know a lot of you are going to protest against this, but the next thing is build it into your production schedule. And I spent so long just wishing that we had more time to take photos until I realized that if we built it into our schedule, that it would then actually happen. So for example, when we're going through the process of making wedding bouquets, we will actually start that process on Friday. So we'll do our first design of our wedding bouquets on the Friday. 
Then on the Saturday morning, assuming the wedding's on the Saturday, but on the Saturday morning, we'll then actually go in and do what I refer to as the edit, because sometimes the first iteration of making a bouquet isn't your favorite. And then you have to come in and you get to come in the next day with fresh eyes, new cup of coffee, you get to look at it and you will always make it better the second time around. Sometimes it's just a little moving stems around or changing the heights of things and just having a little fluff and finesse of the whole thing. Then we will give everything a once over. We will ribbon and wrap and pack. And in that process, we give ourselves kind of two hours for the ribbon wrap and pack experience because it gives you tons of time and a good amount of time for photos. So instead of feeling like everything is a giant rush going out the door, building in the time and finding that space in your studio or in your shop to actually take photos means you're more likely to actually get the photos. If you actually put it on the schedule, it's miraculous what happens and you plan ahead. And it's amazing how much time it actually takes to learn how to photograph stuff. So the more time you build in, the better. But obviously having a plan and setting up your schedule for the whole week of your wedding is super, super helpful. So instead of just wishing that you could somehow have more time for photos, you get to make time for the photos. So that was really helpful in terms of really setting out our whole production schedule for the week and making sure that on that Saturday, we're not crunching our time so thin that we can't have time for photos. Same thing goes if you're doing a ceremony or wedding uh, reception setup is in your ceremony setup time, like give yourself an extra half an hour to take video and to take photo and to do the fun boomerang or whatever it is that you want to do with your team. So that in the weeks following, you can repurpose that content into Instagram reels or TikToks or whatever it is you're doing from a content marketing perspective. Then the last thing I will say, and this one was probably the lesson that took me the longest to learn. You're allowed to want to look good in your photos. That can mean having a go-to outfit. That can mean planning your wardrobe. That can mean doing your hair and makeup. That can mean paying that little bit of extra money for a cute apron. That can mean getting your dog to, you know, be on site and be super cute for the photo. You are allowed to play around and experience and become the main character of your flower business. It's not vain. It's not selfish. It's not silly. Yes, it's awkward, but it's so helpful. So I actually have decided to label this experience for me as a moment of self-care and a moment of actually allowing yourself to be proud of this experience. And I know what it's like to wake up on the Saturday morning and to be super stressed out and be worried about the mom and be worried about the mother-in-law and is it going to rain and how long is the drive and oh my gosh, I'm so tired and why did that freelancer call in sick and all of the things. But one of the things that I've really started to enjoy on the actual wedding day is taking photos, having a cute outfit planned, whether you want to show your face or not is totally fine, but just really enjoying the fruits of your labor because you have made this work and it is beautiful and you are really good at your job and capturing that moment before you go out into the chaos and the mayhem It's like you being able to build up your own little scrapbook of milestones in your business. There's no way I would have been able to think that way or to have that approach that year that I did 100 weddings 
So it's a great lesson <laughs> for all of us to be like, maybe doing 100 weddings in a year isn't necessarily the marker of success. I mean, doing 100 weddings with a team would be so much fun. It would be so much fun to document 100 weddings and then at the end of the year to have like the most epic, amazing reel of how amazing your team is if you did 100 weddings in a year and you priced them properly and you had the team to support you. That wasn't how Kathleen did things. <laughs> so that reel would have just been like a giant wall of black blankness. <laughs> However, learning from that experience, and let's all learn from that experience, is just taking that time to acknowledge and to feel proud of yourself, it's almost like giving yourself the reward and marking the occasion. So before you jump into the chaos, before you get into the van, before you like drive off to the venue, before everything gets heltered, skeltered, and you're thinking about when you can have your gin and tonic, taking that moment to really relish your accomplishment. You've worked so hard to get the booking, to manage the client, to source the ingredients, to find the perfect colors, to plan your wardrobe, to make the coffee, to find the backdrop, to fit out your studio, to get this business off the ground. And that is worth celebrating. So I like thinking about this experience as like creating a digital scrapbook so that you can then go back and you can really look at your progress. And I love looking back at some of these old photos. And particularly when I look back at some of the weddings where I know I felt the most out of sorts and the most kind of down in terms of my confidence level. And I know I would have undercharged and I know I would have been walking around on tiptoes, assuming that everybody's going to complain about the work I was creating and all of the negativity that I was creating for myself. But I look back now and I still get to decide to be really proud of her, to be really proud of the fact that she kept showing up and she kept putting in the work and she kept trying to figure it out. Because there's no way that I could be sitting here if I hadn't gone through that experience. And being able to document that experience, being able to take photos of that experience gives you that perspective so that you can see how far you've come. And you don't have to show those pictures to anybody. You don't have to post them on social media. You can just literally keep them in a folder for yourself so that you can track your progress and track your own personal growth. It's almost like, I don't know why this example just came to me, but like if you were on a weight loss journey, taking progress pictures is a great way to document your experience and to show yourself that you are making progress. Because if you're on a weight loss journey, not every day are you going to get on the scale and is the number going to go down? And it's definitely not going to go down consistently. But if you started taking photos of yourself, you will start to see the change when you're committed to this week after week after week. So if you took one photo of yourself holding the bouquet that you made for every wedding that you did over the next season and then over the next year, and then you could go back and you can look at it, my friend, you can sit there and feel so incredibly proud of your experience. And it's one of the best ways to really show yourself your growth and your personal development, which is the whole point of running the business because you are programmed to evolve. You are programmed to grow and being able to see how much your design aesthetic, how much you've changed and learned in terms of flowering, in terms of ingredient selection, in terms of even holding a bouquet and how to pose with the bouquet. And the fact that you're even just willing to embrace the awkwardness of becoming the face of your business and the model in your business is worth celebrating. So my friend, 
If you do nothing else, just start taking photos for you to be able to document your own journey. This doesn't have to have a sole purpose of marketing and being there for social media content. You can document and take photos purely for your own digital scrapbook. It's one of the things I really wished I had started doing way sooner because if I could go back and really relive some of that like the true darkest times in our business. And I know what it feels like. And I can go back there in my head because I remember that version of me so vividly. But being able to see a photo of it just takes you back there so quickly. So it doesn't have to be like everything is all sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, because you don't have to be showing that stuff on social media if you don't want to. This is purely for you to be able to document your experience so that your future self can be so proud of how far you've come in your business. So my friends, take these photography tips, go out there and practice, embrace the discomfort, and you will get better at it. And it's one of those things I wished I had started sooner in my business. But the most important thing is give yourself grace and go out and practice. And remember, you can take a thousand photos. And then you can delete them all if they're all blurry. (laughs) I have done it myself. Okay. Have the most amazing day. So good to connect with you. Drive safe. Drink your water. Eat your vegetables and get some sleep. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.